welcome to Enjoy the Journey. I am your host, Ray Spelbrink, and I'm glad you have opted to join us on the podcast this week. And I pray that uh, uh, the thoughts that I share, the scripture that I share, will be challenging to you, will make you to stop and ponder and contemplate your life and what's going on in your life and see if any of these things fit you and how you best need to adjust things in your life to accommodate what God desires to do. One of the things that uh, is easy to, to see in churches today, and we visit a lot of churches for a long while. If you followed my blog for any length of time, I know this is the podcast, but I also have a blog. And if you follow my blog, you know that we visit a number of churches throughout the years. And I blog about my experiences there using the same criteria for every church that we have attended. I'm talking institutional, traditional type churches. So, and, and, and uh, so there are some commonalities that a lot of these places have, or uh, not all, but a lot of these places do have. And in fact, there are some people who I believe in, in churches even, that if uh, Jesus himself were to manifest himself, were to walk in to the physical building in a physical body, that uh, they would find fault with him. Because some people are just fault finders. They're, they're there to criticize. They're they don't see the positive. They don't see the. Uh, they don't see the potential. They don't love through. They don't see through the eyes of God, and they certainly don't love with the heart of Jesus. Other people, and and uh, we have some examples of this in Scripture uh, about people who found fault, yes, with Jesus Himself, and uh, and with and with God. Now we're going to talk a little bit about finding fault today. And uh, starts all the way back in Psalms, and probably starts even sooner than that. But I'm going to share uh, these scriptures. In fact, I'm going to share a Psalm 19:12 from three different versions, so that we can get a clearer understanding of what this verse is saying. Again, Psalm 19:12 in the King James: Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me. From secret faults. From the New Living Translation, NLT, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. And then Psalm again, again Psalm 1912 in the Christian Standard Bible. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Faults, a lot of times in ourselves, they're hidden, they're secret, and uh, we don't want other people to know our faults, but yet we are quick to point out other people's faults to others. And I think that uh, uh, we sing a song, uh, if you're going to talk about me, do it while you're on your knees. So if you're going to talk about me, I want you to do it while you're praying to God for me. And uh, I think that would be uh, a much appropriate, a, a much better way to, uh, uh, if you're going to find fault, to find fault and then tell it to somebody who can do something about it. And that, uh, of course, is God. As the scriptures expose us to ourselves and convict us of sins, we 
we're previously unaware of, we are prompted to pray for forgiveness from secret faults. That is faults hidden to ourselves and even to others, but certainly not to God. There are, uh, and I've gotten to where I pray this way, there are sometimes things that happen in our lives or uh, perhaps even a fleeting thought or a, or, or an action or a, uh, you know any number of things that could be construed as a secret thought, a sin in our heart. And uh, I don't want anything held against me. I want to all sin confess. So when I pray, I always ask God to to forgive me from any known sin. I, generally known sin, I will confess it. But I also ask God to forgive me for him, from any unknown sin or sins that I cannot recall or that I do not uh, perhaps even perceive as sin, but God sees as sin. So I want to be forgiven. I want to uh, make uh, make sure that everything's intact with my relationship with him and my relationship with my brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Why you ask? Because sin is sin. Even if we're ignorant of it, it is still sin, and we will have to give account for it when we stand, as Christians at least, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So our confession should always cover hidden sins or secret sins, whatever term you want to use. Now, we have a, an example here in Mark chapter 7 coming to the New Testament. In the King James Version, we'll read this verse and when they saw some of his disciples, this is some of Jesus' disciples, eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. When I, and it's not that they didn't just wash their hands. It was a ceremonial uh, washing of hands, uh, you know, with, with all their ceremonies and traditions that they had uh, back in the day. And uh, so, so they had to, and they didn't observe the ceremonial washing of the hands they just sat down and they ate and uh and 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 because that's why they were considered defiled and so they found fault with the disciples and of course you know finding fault with jesus disciples is one step of finding fault with jesus himself now regarding the pharisees uh, a commentary that i i looked at e stanley jones writes the following they came all the way from Jerusalem to meet Jesus, and their life attitudes were so negative and fault-finding that all they saw was unwashed hands. They couldn't see the greatest movement of redemption that had ever touched our planet, a movement that was cleansing the minds and souls and bodies of men. Their big eyes were opened wide to the little and marginal and blind to the big. So history forgets them, the negative forgets them, except as a background to this impact of the positive Christ. They left a criticism. Jesus left a conversion. They picked faults. He picked followers. Well, that, that's very, very well said, I think, because people focus on the minors much too often. They, they major on the minors, as we used to say, and we need to major on the majors, folks. We need to, to, to look inside ourselves, confess any sin that might be there. And when we see others stumble, and, and, and that's why in um, 
uh, Galatians chapter 6, Paul says, you, when you see your brother fall, when you see your brother stumble, you who are spiritual restore such a one. Not somebody who's going to come and criticize. Not somebody who's going to come and kick your brother while he's down. But you who are spiritual, lift him up, get him up, dust him off, walk with him for a while if that's what it takes to get him back on track. And I think we sometimes don't take the time today. We would rather criticize. We would rather find fault than than uh, put forth the effort to assist someone, to help someone as we should. In Luke 23, 4 in the King James, Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Jesus had been brought before the people, and uh, excuse me, before Pilate, uh, and, and, and the people were asking for Jesus to be crucified. And, and yet Pilate said, I, I, I don't find any fault, no reason for him to be crucified. And this is after a private interview with Jesus. You can read that about that in John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. You know, Pilate turned to the chief priests and to the crowd, saying that he could find no fault with him. Yet the mob became more insistent, accusing Jesus of stirring up disloyalty. And we all know it wasn't Jesus that was stirring up the disloyalty. It was the mob. It was the crowd and primarily the religious leaders of the day. I'll tell you what, religion would do more harm, at least religion as it is defined today. It will do more harm to the cause of Christ than just about anything else. I believe religion will do more harm to the cause of Christ than the devil himself because we have the devil so wrapped up in with religious people today. And how sad, sad, sad that is. You know, the, the fact of the matter is there will always be those who will find fault. And I'll tell you what, if you're looking for fault, it's not hard to find. You look for fault in my life, it probably wouldn't be too difficult to find. You look for a fault in, in, in the lives of other Christians, other believers, it wouldn't be too difficult to find because the fact of the matter is we're just sinners saved by grace. We're, sa- we're sinners saved by the hand, by the grace and mercy of God. Without God, you know what? We're in deep trouble and we need him more than ever. I need him more today than I did yesterday. And more than likely, I will need him more tomorrow than even I did today. So there will always be, be people who will find fault. And I would encourage you, let's not be one of those people. Let's not find fault with others. Let's not find fault with our brothers and sisters. Rather, let's pray for them. Rather, let's lift them up to God. Rather, let's offer words of encouragement. Let's be there for them. Let's be a sounding board for them. Let's be a shoulder to lean on. Let's be there for those in need. I hope I've given you something to think about today. Don't be a fault finder. Don't be a criticizer, but rather be an encourager. Be an encourager. And, and don't find fault. There's, there's not a, by the way, there's not a perfect uh institutional church down here. There's just not. Uh, as long as man's involved, the, the church is not perfect. 
But one of these days, God's church is perfect, by the way. God's church is definitely perfect. And as believers, we are a part of his church, or uh, what's many called the universal church. And and, and it's not a denomination. It's uh, and not this group or that group. It's, it's not uh, unless you belong to my group, you're just not going to make it to heaven. No, it's God's church, blood-bought by the blood of Jesus. And that's the bottom line. So we want to encourage you today on your journey. Don't be a criticizer, be an encourager. Until next time, till next week, I encourage you to enjoy the journey.